y'all. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm-hmm. Got a little pizzazz in her today. Sinister Sightings 186. Whoop, whoop. All right, let's jump on in. This one is called My Love, dot, 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 mostly. Hi, ladies. I'm proud to say I was finally able to become a patron this past month, and I'm really enjoying, probably not the right word, your milk carton episodes. I'm hoping to up my membership in a year or so, but it depends on if slash when my son graduates from college. But the kid hates school, so let's be honest, it'll probably be two more years. I mean, I feel that. I feel that too. That's why I'm sitting on a very nice mansion in student loan debt. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to tell you the story about some creepy dolls. My mother started me a collection of porcelain dolls when I was a kid. I would get one for every Christmas since I was 10. We were pretty poor, so they were not expensive by any means. And I, not being a particularly girly girl, did not really like them. But my mom did, and she was excited about them, so I tried to pacify her. Eventually, I did like my small collection and grew to enjoy them. Anyway, I met the man that became my husband when I was 20 and he was 18. Well, really, I knew him before since his best friend was my friend's brother. We married when he was 20 and I was 22 on September 11th, 1999. The only fight we ever had was about those dolls. Well, we moved into our first home in our first year of marriage. Small but cute. Everything was small but the main bedroom where one of the owners had taken the wall down between two rooms and made a big room. I had a small glass cabinet that displayed my dolls. It went into our bedroom because that was the only space we could put it. Well, my husband's a gamer, and when he's not working, he's on the computer. The doll cabinet was in the corner next to his desk. I came home one day, and he was on his computer, and I saw a blanket over the cabinet. I asked him what the actual fuck was going on here. He said, oh, sorry, I try to remove it before you get home. I asked, do you do this all the time? He said, yes, when I'm here by myself. I asked why. He got this strange look on his face that I had not seen before, and he said, because they freak me out, okay? I feel like they're watching me all the time. I asked if he just recently felt like this, and he said no. Every time he's ever been in the room with them, he's felt like that. He then tells me he would really like them gone. I tell him I've never seen him like this, and he tells me, well, I'm not telling you all of it. I stand and wait. He continues. I also think they move. Hand to God. I process this for a second. He continues with, it's really hard for me to tell you this, but you've already seen the blanket, so I might as well just get it all out. I fucking hate them. I asked, where in this tiny house can we put the cabinet? He said, well, I've been thinking about that, and we might can fit it in the only other room. I told him there's no way. It's wall to wall with just the bed in there. He said, well, what about the living room? I asked him to show me a corner where it could fit. His face falls. I tell him I'm not getting rid of the dolls. Me not being a particularly sympathetic person in the first place, especially if it has something to do with me getting rid of something I love, I'm not proud of the way I at first responded. Fast forward a couple of days. I'm home alone. This was before we had kids. Like I said, our bedroom is the biggest room in the whole house, so that's where we spent most of our time. I was cleaning our room. We had two closets. His was small with a door, and mine was a large open closet. I was in his closet hanging his work shirts when I heard this ticking sound. I stop, turn around, nothing. I finish in the closet, close the door, then I hear a giggle. Say, huh? No little kids in our neighborhood, just really old people who, FYI, are the best neighbors. They watch everything like a hawk and will let you know if something's awry. I say, uh, where'd that giggle come from? Then I heard the tick tick again. I take a step to the center of my room, tick tick tick, look up at the cabinet, tick tick tick, holy fuck, it's coming from the cabinet. I tell myself, okay, it can't be your dolls. It must be an explanation. Maybe a mouse, a bug, something. I walk up to the cabinet and touch it. 
Nothing. The door is on the side. I open it and move some stuff around. No mouse, no bug, no ticking. So I convince myself that my husband has me spooked. I turn around and I'm walking out of the room and I hear a crashing noise. I turn around and one of the dolls is tipped over and her face is smashed against the glass. I still try to remain calm, but honestly, I'm basically pissing myself. So I'm standing there staring at this doll. It's staring back. Then I hear a voice behind me. Yeah, I hate that one the most. After I was done cleaning where I had peed and told him what happened, he said, yeah, I didn't tell you that part. That is the main doll that's giving me the most trouble. The fuck you say? He said when he puts the blanket over the cabinet, it always throws itself against the glass. The first time it did it, I thought, oh great, I broke one of them. But then I looked and everything was in place. I go to put the blanket back and it does it again. Just that one. And it's always back in its right place when I take the blanket down. This is the first time I've actually seen it tilted over against the glass, he says, and he starts staring at the doll. I asked him if he had ever heard anything like voices or, and he finishes my sentence and says, and giggling. I said, okay, I took the dolls out of the cabinet and put them out in the shed. He told me, thank you. And I told him, I'm sorry for not listening the first time. And we tried to move on. Well, we had two dogs that stayed outside. One was a holy terror of a rat terrier named Trudy and a cute little pick named Killer. I thought it was hilarious walking and playing with a little fluffy black mop of a dog named Killer. Anyway, Killer loved the shop and stayed in it all the time. Trudy did not. She was too much of a busybody and had to be out roaming the ground to make sure no squirrel ever touched her territory. Then I noticed Killer took to curling up on the ground outside the back door. He stopped wanting to play, stopped scratching at the door when wanting to be walked, But when he went as far as not eating for a week and could barely walk, I took him to the vet. The doctor did several tests on him over the course of a couple of days. Killer stayed there. When I visited him, he was his normal self. The doctor told me he could not find anything wrong with him other than he was dehydrated. He asked if I had changed anything, food, toys, any new dogs in the neighborhood. All no. Then he asked if I could remember the first time I noticed Killer acting weird. I told him about how Killer loved the shed, but he stopped going in there. He asked, well, did he stop having access to it? I told him no. He asked if he ever got in trouble for going in there for any reason. I told him no. He asked, so there's nothing different about the shed at all. You've not seen rodents or an overly aggressive raccoon? Then it hits me. The doll is the only thing that's different. I ask if Killer can stay one more night with him and he agrees. I go home to go to the shop. The doll is not where I left it, but across the room on a shelf facing outward like it's looking out the only window in the shop. I slowly walk toward it, thinking if this motherfucker turns around, laughs, wiggles, I'm setting this bitch on fire and we'll just buy a new Christmas ornament. It does none of that, so I grab it, wrap it in a sheet, and ask my neighbor if I can throw it in her garbage can, which I do. The next day, I bring Killer home and he's my normal dog again. I watch as he walks up to the shop, sniffs it, pees on one corner, then goes inside where I find him sleeping an hour later. I ask my mom one day if she remembers where she got that one particular doll and I describe it to her. She tells me, oh yes, I can't forget about that one. That was the only estate sale I had ever been to. Her friend sat with this rich elderly woman who had no family, and she went with her because she'd never been to one before. She said the doll, when she looked at it, rubbed her the wrong way, but it was cheap and her baby needed a fancy porcelain doll for her collection. Oh, good for me. Thanks, ladies, for doing such a great job entertaining the masses. Amber from Purvis, Mississippi. Oh, hell no. I do not do creepy dolls. No, but I always wanted a porcelain doll. Because they were. They were, like, expensive. And it was like, you have a porcelain doll? Yeah. But, like, why? Why were they such a thing in the 80s and 90s? I don't know. It was, like, like a status symbol, almost. Yeah, I don't think I ever had one. They kind of freaked me out anyway. Uh, well, I was always scared I would break it. Imagine that. 
because <laughs> you would have. Yes. Well, it's like it's like doll body with this like heavy glass face. <laughs> of course, I would have broken it. That's probably why I never got one. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now I'm going to look at dolls and be like, oh, my God. You don't already? I mean, I do, but it's renewed my, oh, they are creepy as fuck. They are. And I know everybody has a hobby and everybody has a thing, but I just can't do a doll. No. And I know, like you said, everyone has a hobby. Everyone has different reasons that they get dolls, but those dolls that look real. Yes. Oh, they freak me out. Like those can come to life. But again, I know people get those for healing purposes yeah. and all that. Absolutely. But <laughs> not me. Okay, the next one. This is Sinister Sighting question mark. Hi, y'all. My name is Amy. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. I was looking for something new and searched paranormal and Apple podcast. That's how I found you. Typically, I hate when a podcast features one or two commentators just chatting along with the story. It gets on my nerves and I check that podcast off my list. But you guys are so down to earth and I guess just my kind of people because I love listening to you and your podcast and have been binge listening nearly every day. Side note, my mom was born in Knoxville, Tennessee. Her family was from the Copper Hill, Tennessee, McKaysville, Georgia area. In fact, McKay, with its unusual spelling... Okay, so I probably fucked up the pronunciation... (laughs) Because it made sense to me. (laughs) Well, okay, so I have some family, I guess, I think, on my grandma's side. But it's spelled McKay, but they pronounce it Mackie. Oh, that's probably it. Okay. Okay. Mackiesville? Question mark. It's a family name, and the town is supposedly named after some relation. The family scattered over the years to find work, and that's how my mom, her parents, and siblings ended up in the Kansas City area. Anyway, the accent isn't exactly the same, but listening to you still kind of reminds me of home in the mountains of eastern Tennessee. My story is about odd happenings at my home. A year after we married, my husband and I bought our first house. It wasn't long after that his cousin, who was going through a divorce, moved in with us. It turned out that he lived with us for around nine months. Just before he moved in, I had adopted a cat from a shelter. It was a good time and we all got along. Many evenings we would cook and have dinner together, eating in the living room so we could watch TV. Then the TV started acting up. It would change channels all on its own. Sometimes it would just turn off. If we waited a minute, it might turn back on or we might have to get up and turn it back on. Yup, no remote. Finally, it started coming on by itself when we hadn't even been watching it for hours. We would be in the living room just talking and the TV would switch on. It began slowly at first, but it seemed that every time that we wanted to watch TV, it would be turning on and off, switching channels up and down. One day, I had had enough and I jokingly said to the room, All right, you've had your fun. Now cut it out and let me watch my program. I turned the TV back on and waited. After a few minutes, nothing happened. I sat back down and was able to watch the end of my show without any more interruptions. This continued to be the case with the TV, though. Anytime it started happening again and got out of hand, I would say, as if reprimanding a child, okay, stop playing around and let me watch my show. And it would stop. It never scared us or gave us a sense of foreboding. It just felt playful. By this time, the cat had become a bona fide member of the family. 
He loved his people and he would greet us at the door when we came home and even when he first saw us after we'd been in another room for a long time. He would sort of trot up to us with a bright look in his eyes, almost smiling. His floofy tail stood straight up and curved over at the end and he would give a long kind of rolling meow. It was his standard greeting and then he would rub up against our legs and wait for us to pet him before moving on. One night, while the cousin and I were in the living room talking, I started to feel a little strange. I could tell he did too. The next thing we knew, the cat jumped down and trotted up to the door of the coat closet with those bright eyes and that tail straight up in the friendly posture. He tilted his head up as to look at someone's face and meowed his greeting. I felt a chill go up my spine. Hubby's cousin had that same what the fuck look on his face as I did. Like, um, there's someone here that I can't see in my house. What do you do with that kind of information? Again, there were no malevolent feelings. So after checking the coat closet, we just kind of shook it off and carried on with our conversation. Whenever I was in the basement doing laundry, I could hear the footsteps in the house above me, even when no one was home. I usually just brushed it off, but it was a little scary the few times it happened late at night and I was alone. One time during the day, my mom was at the house doing laundry with me. My dad and my hubby were gone to the auto parts store to get something. Of course, we heard footsteps upstairs and my mom said, oh, I guess they're home. I assured her they were not home yet as I hadn't heard the front door open. She said, yes, they are. I can clearly hear them walking upstairs. I tried to convince her it was just the house making noises, but she wasn't having it. She went upstairs to check it out. When I came upstairs a minute later, she looked a little spooked, and she is hard to rattle, y'all. I told you, I said, it's just our ghost. She gave me a look like, oh, hell no, or oh, hell no, as she would pronounce it, and poured herself a diet right. (laughs) The footsteps, the cat's weird behavior, the TV... All this continued to happen regularly for what was almost a year. We just got used to it. Hubby's cousin liked to say it was his guardian angel, and he might have been right. These things seemed to stop happening after he was in a better place emotionally. The divorce was final, and he moved out. Not long after that, my cousin came to visit, and I was telling her the story of our ghost. I was very nonchalant about it, and while I was talking to her, her face turned white. I thought, wow, I must be a good storyteller. Maybe I should tell it creepier and really scare her. Then I noticed she was looking at something through the doorway behind me. She was quickly getting nervous and finally stopped me to say, um, your pantry door is opening all by itself. A little relieved, I only laughed and said, that's just a cat. He had a habit of going in the pantry to look for his treats if someone left it cracked open. She didn't believe me, so I told her to go look for herself. She just shook her head no and refused to move. I had to go pick up the cat out of the pantry and close the door firmly behind him before she would settle down. I wasn't trying to scare her, but I couldn't have timed that better. Needless to say, she didn't think it was very funny. Score one for the cat. Keep up the good work. I look forward to more stories and sinister sightings. Creep it real, Amy in Missouri. That cat's a little trickster. Yeah, when you have pets, it's really like, is that a ghost or was it my pet? One time Marley was barking and I have a, it's not a ring doorbell, but you know, everything is a ring doorbell. Like how everything is Coke in the South. Right. (laughs) That's, it's a ring doorbell. 
I have that and it will alert me. And I didn't get anything, but she was just barking her head off. And I was like, I'm so sorry because I was on a, like a donuts meeting that we have at work. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She's just barking. Let me mute myself because she'll stop. No one's there. And my coworker was like, uh, you don't know that. But I was like, damn, you're right. But uh, now I'm scared. Maybe it wasn't really a ghost. Maybe it was the cousin kind of like doing poltergeist activity. Maybe. Because, you know, he was going through such an emotional time in his life. Also, no remote for the TV. Was it one of those tube TVs that we used to have? I know. What year did they say this was? They didn't say. I'm too lazy for that. Well, it was only like 13 channels. So you didn't have like, let me flip back and forth. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Say something. Hey, 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 Donna and Carrie. Before I start, I just wanted to say thank you. Your podcast has helped heal parts of my life I didn't know I needed. Also, Donna, I had a sister that passed away long before I was ready. Her name is Lori. Not sure if it's spelled the same. Her best friend's name was Carrie, who also passed far too soon. Carrie not spelled the same either. But I just felt like it needed to be included. Well, how does it spell? It's the friend is C-A-R-R-I-E. Well, I'm talking about Lori. Oh, L-O-R-I. It's the oh, same. Oh, okay. It's the same. <laughs> Carrie, Look. the Leo over here. <laughs> and I'm not the Leo. Well, because, okay, you know why? Because in my head, Lori was spelled the same way. Yeah. So I was like, oh, she's not talking about that one because it's spelled the same. <laughs> they said, trigger warning, this mentions suicide. This story goes all the way back to 2007. Me and my boyfriend at the time, Justin, had just broken up because his ass cheated on me. I was 19 and we'd been together for two years. I went to work that day, pissed off, but glad for the distraction. I had a feeling something was up. One of my coworkers spotted his truck outside. I'd worked as a dietary aide for the local nursing home. He had lived 30 minutes away, so it was super strange that he was there. He texted me to come outside. I refused and told him that I didn't want to see or hear from him. He sat outside in his truck for more than five hours, even though I'd already asked him to leave multiple times. I was about to be off work, so I finally told him that if he didn't leave, I would call the cops. He had finally left, and I didn't feel safe at all. My spidey senses were tingling that something was up. When I got in my car, there were two dozen roses in a vase on the ground that said, I'm sorry, I love you. Not too long after that, I received a text from him that, not remembering the entirety, he was going to leave this world because he was a piece of shit and nobody would know or care. I did respond for him to get help, and doing something stupid wasn't worth it, and tried to call him, but he didn't answer. I already had plans to go shopping with his older sister that day. I asked her to call their parents and tell them what Justin had said. They responded that they didn't believe a word I'd said and that Justin was fine. I was so pissed because I knew that wasn't the case, and regardless of what he had done to me, I still wanted him to be safe. His sister and I began our hour-long trip to Kansas City for shopping. About 30 minutes in, her phone rang and my heart dropped. Her mom said to pull the car over so she could say what she needed to. Justin had shot himself and they were on their way to the local hospital. Long story short, he ended up being just fine. My brother was the first responder at the scene and Justin had shot himself with the revolver in the shoulder. The thought that rang through my head was that if he was capable of doing that, what could he do to me? Cops said that Justin's statement was he went squirrel hunting and slipped. Yeah, fucking right. They were unable to remove the bullet, and he's lucky to be alive. I'm just glad that nobody was seriously hurt and that I got out of that situation. Fun fact, he's now married to the woman he cheated on me with and happy. So I'm glad that things worked out. 
But seriously, if anyone makes a claim that they're going to end their life, say something. Do something about it. I'm glad that both of us were lucky enough to keep living. There's help out there, and generally people with suicidal tendencies do not want it. It's often up to people that care to do something about it. Anyway, thank you both for being fucking amazing. I'm officially caught up on all episodes and just joined Patreon to get the extras so I don't have a void in my life. I'll send in a couple other stories with my paranormal stuff later. Stay spooky, Tanya K. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad everyone did survive and he's moved on. You moved on. Well, Leo here. <laughs> I was just thinking because that same person, my coworker that I talked about the last story, uh, and you said Lori. So it made me think because we, she has lost a lot of people too. And so we were just talking about stuff and I wish she could have met my mom because they would have had a hoot together. Uh, I don't know if that's a saying, but that's just what I had. Um, but I was telling her like when mama died, I feel like her no boundaries, no filter came into me. Like I, I ate her spirit. That sounds weird, but seriously. And so she said she was never a cook ever after her mom died. She was like, I feel like I took over her role as being a cook and she started cooking and she's like, Oh wait, this is good. Like it's never really turned out good, but this is good. And now that's something she loves. And I was like, I did not get that from my mama because she was a good cook and I am not. She was a good cook. <laughs> but so I told her, I was like, case in point, when my mom first met my coworkers and, you know, the whole oral sex thing, my coworker cracked up so hard. And like we were talking about something else. She was like, I'm sorry. I, I'm still thinking about the oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but yes, that is me now. Like I, my brain saying, don't say it, don't say it. And my mouth goes, and I, oop. You're not wrong. And I'm like, J- just, just don't say it. But like, there's something in you that has to say it. Yes. Like, I can't stop thinking about it. If you're talking after what I want to say that I can't say, literally it's womp, 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 womp. Because um, my brain's going, say it, say it, say it. She's a fucking toddler now. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of the sweet things you said about us. God, why can't I be serious? I'm like, okay, back to you. But thank you yeah. for saying all the great things about us. And we are happy to have you in the Creepinati. We hope you're enjoying, as Carrie says, all the good good. On to the next story. My ex was a witch. No, really. I wanted to tell you about my ex who was a stre- striga. S-T-R-E-G-A. Which, for those who are unaware, me, is specifically an Italian pagan witch. She did have a few customs that she informed me about. The things she told me about was the most apparent if you were to meet her. She has dedicated parts of her body to various deities in forms of tribute. She told me when she was younger, she was allowed to choose a deity to dedicate herself to as her patron. She chose Iris, again, I'm terrible, E-R-I-S, who is a goddess of chaos, which unfortunately did affect many aspects of her life. It mostly manifested in the form of supernaturally bad luck and lots of other relationship issues with some of her family members. We did break up, but it did have a few times of bad luck that would hit us both from her being briefly homeless before we met, health issues, being unable to work due to said health issues, electronics breaking, and several accidents. She was unable to eat any kind of red meat, and she had PCOS along with a long-standing injury from being shot at a young age. She was locked in a hotel for a few weeks with early COVID in a different city before the travel restrictions happened. 
The last one I know of was where she was hit while driving her Fiat and its front was smashed in as she spun off the road and into a ditch. I sometimes still worry about her, but I haven't been in touch for a while, but I hope it was at least an interesting read. Is there a goddess of being a sloth? Yes, me. (laughs) Oh, you a goddess now. Yes. But that's what I would choose because I just want to be able to do nothing. Lazy bones party of one over here. Yeah, I certainly don't want to inflict chaos on myself, which clearly she succeeded. I want to know, like, did she have tattoos of the deity? I I need more answers. Okay, the next one. Disgruntled roommate, question mark. Hey, ghouls. My name is Randy, and I just started listening to the podcast at the start of the pandemic, which was also subsequently when my first child was born. I'm usually just a listener and lurker, not much of the type to participate or contribute, but my wife has repeatedly told me that some of the things that have happened to me in my life that I usually dismiss are not super normal. This is probably long-winded, but I'm not sorry. Cut accordingly if you must. Joking. So here's my story of one of those occurrences. When I was 18, I lived in a suburb outside St. Louis, Missouri, with my mother in a very small two-bedroom apartment. We lived in that apartment for four years, and I never really noticed anything spooky or out of sorts. However, when we decided we were moving out after I graduated, things started to get weird. One day, I was coming home from hanging out with a group of friends, and my best friend Josh came into the apartment with me to use the restroom. We ended up hanging out in the living room, watching a movie, when a loud bang jolted us both from the couch. In the hallway, which was like an L-shape, All of the pictures that were hanging on the walls, four separate walls in two different hallways adjoined, had fallen down. My neighbor upstairs were a couple in their 50s with no kids who didn't make a ton of noise or stomp around or anything in the time I lived there. So I just wrote it off and didn't think much of it. Besides the fact it was pretty odd for pictures on different walls to all fall off. Then a few days later, I was coming home from work around 2 a.m. I found my closet doors on my bed. I should mention my mother worked 7 at night to 7 in the morning, often 6 days a week, so I was usually alone at night. What freaked me out was that I had two closets, each having sliding doors. In order for them to be removed, they'd have to come off their sliding rails, which isn't something that just happens on its own. Also, my bed was not anywhere near the closets. I thought maybe my mother was playing a prank on me, even though she wasn't really the prank type. I figured maybe she was just trying to have fun in our last month of living together before I went off into the world. But I asked her about it, and she had no clue what I was talking about. My mom isn't a very good liar. The doors were stacked on top of one another fairly neatly, so I started to think maybe the maintenance worker was doing some repairs but forgot to put the doors back. Then the creepiness spread to my mother. On one of her nights off, maybe a week or so after the door incident, I woke up to her screaming. I ran to her bedroom, and she was lying flat on her back in her bed, sobbing. I rushed to her side, but she couldn't sit up or tell me what was wrong. She was just staring up and crying. I can't tell you how much time passed before she was able to finally sit up, but when she did, she immediately got up and left the room. I followed her to the living room, and she was sitting on her recliner chair with her hands over her face. When she composed herself, she told me what was wrong. She said she had just taken her sleep meds and lied down when, all of a sudden, she felt pressure on her chest. When she opened her eyes, she saw a black mass, not a human figure or anything distinguishable, just a black cloud above her. And she felt like it was pressing down her chest so hard she was struggling to breathe and couldn't move, as if she was being restrained. My mother has never once told me a ghost story, not even to scare me when I was younger. 
So this really, really bothered me. A few pictures falling off and doors on my bed is one thing, but my mom having an experience like that really spooked me. Finally, during our last week there, I decided to throw myself a last hurrah party for the apartment that I partied in all throughout high school. I had around 15 of my closest friends over, and everyone was drinking and having a good time, except for me. I was always the mother hen of the group and wouldn't drink so that I could take care of everyone, when, again, all the pictures in the hallway fell off the wall. When I went to see what was going on, both of the bedroom doors were open, which was weird because I kept them closed when I had company. My room is filthy. I closed them and returned to the living room, trying not to think anything of it, or probably more like tried not to embarrass myself by explaining to a bunch of drunk teenagers that I think I'm being haunted. When everyone left, I ended up trying to just crash on the couch because I was a little too spooked to sleep in my room. My cats wouldn't leave my side, and they didn't even get along and never slept near one another. Nothing else happened before we moved that I can recall, but I just thought the story was worth sharing because I'd never experienced anything paranormal before, and in the whole four years we lived there, I never noticed anything out of the ordinary. It wasn't until we decided to move and start packing the apartment up. It makes me wonder if we had some type of entity in that apartment that grew fond of having us as roommates and was displaying its displeasure with us leaving. Anyway... Thanks for letting me share and keep it 100. Your poor mama was just trying to get some damn sleep. Had sleep paralysis. Uh Uh-uh. I don't want it, and I'm sorry she had to experience that. And who are you, me? Like, not drinking enough so you could, like, man the apartment, make sure everybody's okay? It's a hard life being the responsible one. Okay, don't give me that look. Like, one time I've gotten, like, completely shit-faced, and you've had to take care of me. No, I'm saying usually I'm right with you. Oh, yeah, you are. And especially now because you can't drink. Uh, of blood oh, thinner. God. Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies. I started listening to your podcast recently and thought I would write in. I love your show and the banter between you two. You guys are amazing. So today I wanted to share a story about my boyfriend's childhood home. We live in a small town in Pennsylvania. His home is located on a mountain with lots of cute old homes scattered around the woodlands. Back in the 1880s and early 1900s, there were resorts and other buildings erected to settle the area. His property was once owned by a man who operated a sanatorium around the late 1800s and a lake on the property was used as an ice dam for those residents. You're saying all these words that I don't know what they (laughs) are. (laughs) Ice dam. Do you? No. Okay, we're going to continue. This particular property was once part of a 250 acres of land that was later split into parcels and sold. So we're talking a very old and large property. His home itself used to have a coal weighing station too, so I imagine it was heavily trafficked and popular back in the day. Anyway, we have been together for close to two years now, and ever since I started spending the night, I just got a weird feeling like I was being watched. His apartment is on top of his dad's garage, which I believe was used as the coal weighing station. His dad's home is a driveway length away. He's told me creepy stories from when he was a kid and living in the main house, like shadow apparitions, things moving, or strange noises happening around the same time every night. One day when I was talking to his stepmom, we found out that she still experiences activity frequently in the home. And also that she found out there was a little girl who drowned in the lake a long time ago. A medium friend of hers actually told her when visiting their home. 
Fast forward to sometime last year, my boyfriend calls me around midnight, which I thought was weird since he should be asleep. He tells me he had a dream where the little girl from the lake was standing in his kitchen and just staring at him while he laid in bed. What the fuck? And while I haven't experienced anything myself here, I do still get that feeling of being watched every time I spend the night there. I've cleansed the home with sage since then, but your girl still will not go back to sleep without the light on when he leaves for work in the morning. I'll share more stories with you guys in a separate email, but thanks for listening and remember, creep it real and don't get scared. With love from your weird woodland elf witch, Kate. But seriously, what is an ice dam? (laughs) But that house sounds like it has a lot of activity and I don't want to see a little girl standing in the hallway. Meanwhile, I'm stuck on the boyfriend calling you at midnight when, uh, I guess you weren't asleep, but he should have been asleep. I'm still like, why is nobody asleep? (laughs) Well, see, midnight is normal for me. Yeah, you're, you don't sleep. Especially right now, she's in a thing where she goes to bed at like 3 and 5 a.m. and wakes up at 7. I don't understand it. Oh, it's taking a toll. I have bags underneath my eyes, like dark circles now. I, however, can go to bed at 8.30 and have trouble waking up at 7 for work. (laughs) I'm not lying. If I went to bed at 8.30, I would at least get up by 5. My body just can't handle. Well, and I feel like the more I sleep like that, the more I sleep. Like, if I go to bed early, early like that, I can't get up. Yeah. I mean, I never can get up, but, like, I really can't get up if I go to bed super early. Yeah, because it's like you have too much sleep, and so my body is like, give me more, give me more. And I'm like, but I've had too much. Okay, I'll go back to sleep. And then you wake up with a headache. Yes, yes. God, we're old. And if I don't, (laughs) oh my God, what did Colby call it last night? I was just crying for no, no good reason, as I do sometimes now that I'm old, and what did he say? Because if I don't take my effector, I think that's how you say it. I don't honestly know. If I don't take it by 9.30 a.m. or I miss a dose, forget it. I'm a straight Sour Patch Kid that day. I'm going to be an <laughs> asshole in the morning. And then after lunch, I'm going to cry for no reason. And last night I was crying for no reason. And Colby was like, did you forget to take your, God dang it. I wish I could remember what he called it. Fafessor. So I don't know. Fafessor. I don't know what he said. But it was like extra f's oh my god it was so funny i was like close i'm surprised you knew that much (laughs) i told you on my story that how dana was like no i don't cry that's not part of my personality and i was like it is carrie's yeah it really is now it didn't used to be but i think what screwed me up was the time change Mm, yeah because my body thought it was 9 30 and it was eight or whatever taking my medicine no i took it early that morning we went golfing (laughs) Who the fuck knows? I'm just, I just cry. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies, I'm Stephanie, and I've been listening for a few months after a client of mine recommended y'all. I was just listening to the sinister story about a girl who visited the castle in France and could feel where she bumped into someone, and it reminded me of my fourth grade field trip. Don't you love a recovered memory like that? (laughs) I was going to say, who are you, Carrie? I grew up in Florida, and that year we went to St. Augustine and toured the Castillo de San Marcos Fort. It's the oldest masonry fort in the U.S. and was built in 1695. We were wandering around during our tour and they took us to the gunpowder room. It's like a hole-in-the-wall room with no windows and one very small door to get in. I took my kids this past summer and I'm pretty sure I had to crawl into this space when I came to see it again. 
Anywho, we had looked around and everyone was filing back out one by one through this little hole. I was the last person in the room and as I went to leave, a hand grabbed my shoulder and pulled me back and blew my hair around my face. Remember, there's no windows and only this one tiny door that leads to another inside room. No reason my hair should have blown around. To this day, 25 years later, I can still remember how that hand felt gripping my shoulder and pulling me back. I didn't feel anything when we came back last summer. Thanks for letting me share. Creep it real, Stephanie. Well, I'm out on having to crawl on my hands and knees. When we did the tour of the House of Seven Gables in Salem, it was like that. Like, some of the doors were so small, I was like, I don't think I'm going to fit in this room. Oh, my gosh. Well, because people were, yeah, but people were so much smaller back then, you know? Like, and there was one where you, like, went upstairs to this part, and they were like, like, don't feel obligated to go up here. Like, the stairway is really narrow. Like, not everybody can go up there. Yeah. So, it's okay if you don't want to. And I was like, I mean... I think I went, though. I was I was smaller then. <laughs> it was years ago on my first, like, real job, which, okay, I did not have a job until after college. So, I mean, God, like, 13 years ago, probably? Yeah. yeah. Me, Carrie, and two of my coworkers, no, three of my coworkers went to this haunted house. And it was, like, one of those major ones in our area of Mississippi, but one of my coworkers worked it and Carrie knew that coworker and uh, we went and there was, I don't know if you remember cause Carrie was scared out of her fucking mind. She ain't lying. <laughs> but I don't know if y'all remember, but you had to go through this fireplace and there was this little girl standing there and like you thought, oh my gosh, she's going to jump out at you. But she just was like, it's just eerie. You having to like be on your hands and knees and go through with this little girl just watching you. I totally don't remember that. That's my fat phobia. Yes. That I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get on my hands and knees. Girl, I didn't even get on my knees. I did like a Russian (laughs) squat thing and went through. I was like, woo, I made that. (laughs) I don't fucking know what I did, but my, like my brain just shut off and my body was like, wait, crab walk. (laughs) Why was it a Russian squat? You know how those Russian dancers like yes do the do the jump kick yeah but they they squat down oh yeah 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 okay 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 wow <laughs> uncultured swine okay meanwhile you said crab walk after that so okay <laughs> yeah multiple cultures over okay <laughs> okay so Ariel I mean... <laughs> but yeah my my knees did not touch the fucking floor okay meanwhile though your legs are about an inch long. <laughs> So you're all torso, so it makes sense that you are lower to the ground. You can squat like that. Well, if someone would have grabbed me by the shoulder and blew in my face, I would have killed over. All right, the last story. One weird story and one lame but funny story. Hey, y'all, this is the first time I've written to a show or a podcast or content creator, so congrats are in order, I think. I started listening to y'all back in September 2021. Almost said 2001. And I was like, what? (laughs) We were still in high school. So cool. (laughs) Okay. So September 2021. While trying to pass the time at work. Now it's February 2022. Can't wait to hear this on Sinister Sightings. And I'm down with COVID for a week. Thanks a lot, Dad. I'm almost completely caught up with all the episodes while attempting to also catch up on a bunch of other podcasts, thanks to two times speed. Anyway, since I now have a whole week off from COVID, I thought it was time to finally write down a submission. 
Also, sorry if it's a long intro. It's hard to gauge just how many words turn out to be something short or long when spoken. I have two stories to share. First, I'll share the weird story. So a few months back, it was in the evening and I had gotten back from work. I was finally making my way to my room. I had barely thrown myself to the bed and grabbed my phone when I heard a knocking on my window. I thought it was my mom because she was doing laundry and we have our machines outside. Sometimes she knocks on my window to have me look outside or to go outside so she can tell me something. Since it was night, I thought it was her way of telling me to look at the moon. I take photos with my DSLR of the moon often. That thought had me not think twice about the knock for a solid 10 seconds, but something told me to go looking for my mom. I come out of my room and I see my mom in my parents' room and she was coming out of the closet to see who was knocking. I was shocked to see her inside and I told her I didn't know she was inside and she asked me who was knocking while she walked to the front door. She heard knocking on the window twice and then heard knocking on our front door. We both got freaked out seeing both heard the knocking on a window and since we were alone, I ran to lock our back door while my mom ran to the front door to make sure it was locked. We stayed on edge for about an hour while my dad got home from work. I still had to take my dog outside to potty before going to sleep, so I walked out to our backyard with a bat. We still, to this day, don't know the reason for the knocking. She heard the knocking come from my parents' bedroom window while I heard it come from mine. We asked my neighbor if her kids had jumped to our house that late at night to get their ball and it was them knocking on our window, and she said no. Plus, they usually knock on our front door. We have a fence all around our property, so it couldn't have been a stranger unless they jumped our fence and managed not to poke themselves in the process. It couldn't have been my dad because he wasn't home yet. My small chihuahua usually barks, but this time he didn't even lift his head to see what was up. My mom and I thought maybe it was someone we were both close to that came to say goodbye before passing. My mom has had some experience of that sort in the past. But days later, after investigating, we found that no one we knew had passed away. It was weird nonetheless, especially since I just heard one knock on my window and my mom heard two knocks on a window and one knock on the front door. I still think about this. Shocking considering that I have a horrible memory. Now the lighthearted story. One of my best friends gifted me a Grogu, I think, question mark, aka Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear for my birthday in 2021. Everybody's going to be like, <laughs> what the fuck? Because we don't know what his name is. Oh, I know. I feel lame that we don't know what that guy's name is. Yeah. I I'm just know him as Baby Yoda. Me too. <laughs> I didn't know that wasn't his name. No, because he's not actually Yoda as a baby. Uh, I literally thought it was Baby Yoda. No. Okay, back to this story. This Build-A-Bear has buttons on its little hands so you can press for audio to play. On one hand, it's the Mandalorian theme music. On the other hand, it's the baby noises Baby Yoda made during the series. Anyway, once again, here I am, flinging myself onto the bed, tired from work one evening. I don't even look where I'm throwing myself to. As soon as my body hits my bed, I hear baby noises loud and clear. Me, the paranormal and crime connoisseur that I am, I jumped up from my bed freaking out thinking, oh hell no, there's not going to be a baby noise making demon in my house. When my feet hits the ground and I've had five seconds to process what's going on, I realized I had just laid on top of that damn Build-A-Bear and accidentally pressed the button that made the baby noises. (laughs) 
Y'all, my heart was about to come out of my ass like there is absolutely no reason for me to hear baby noises when my 22-year-old self is the baby, you know, youngest, living in this house. I couldn't stop laughing after I realized what had happened. Anyway, that's it for now. When I remember more stories, I'll share them. I don't remember specifically any sort of creepy stories that have happened to me, but my mom has a long list of happenings from seeing the devil to watching people being swallowed alive by the ground in Mexico to receiving a letter from a dead man and almost winning the lotto. My mom is really in tune with things and says I have the gift but have unconsciously blocked it with academia, but who knows? Something I do experience often is deja vu, but it's with the boring, mundane things. So, sorry girls, can't predict the future. Lastly, sorry for the rambling and extra notes added. Love y'all and creep it spooky babes. Ashley G from Texas. I don't know what that knocking could be, but I do not like that. Because you know what my first thought is? Black-eyed children. Ooh. I don't even want to think about them. But also, that's some shit I would do. Roll over on a damn toy and think, like, some kids coming at me. Like, what's that sound? Yes, me too. And we love all the extra details. Paint a picture. Yes. And just lets your personality breathe through. Wow. Okay. Why Why breathe? Like, Well, because I'm heavy breathing over here, okay? Interesting choice of words? Question mark? Well, thank y'all for all of the stories. Keep them coming. You know we love them. Uh, send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.